This week, we are talking about movies with heartthrobs. Hot boys. Hot boys, sexy boys. It's that heart thumping. It's throbbing. Don't touch it. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You're listening to Shortcuts. We watched it so you don't have to. And now, here are your hosts, Claire and Chris. So we're talking about movies with heartthrobs in them. We're going to talk about three movies, but before we talk about three movies, we're going to talk about our guest. I uh, came into my first improv class several years ago. And oh my this... God, really? This is, good. this is how long this is going to take? <laughs> She's uh, super hilarious. We played on many teams together and we came up together. The very hilarious Raven Powell. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate you, and you're funny and amazing, and we are hashtag blessed to have you here. Oh, gosh, guys, thanks. So today, we are talking about Goodwill Hunting, which includes heartthrob Matthew Damone and Ben Affleck. Then we are talking about The Other Guys, which has heartthrob and also very now controversial character Mark Wahlberg. And lastly, I will be talking about the movie The Skulls with triple heartthrobs, Joshua Jackson, Paul Walker, and Hill Harper. Oh. I don't know who any of those guys are. (laughs) This uh, past weekend, I started watching some movies in Boston. Goodwill Hunting, The Town, uh, Manchester by the Sea. Uh, we called it a, a Boston Marathon. And that's why the movie that I wanted to talk about today is Goodwill Hunting. Have you guys seen that? I have, I have never seen it like this iconic movie or whatever, but I, ha- I have not seen that. Yeah, that's exactly the case with me. I've, I've never seen it. And the only thing I know is math and apples. I will tell you all about it. I'm so glad that those are the two things you know, because I will hit those two points. So our main character is named Will Hunting, played by like a 20-something Matt Damon. And he's living in Boston. And he's in this kind of broken down apartment. There's a bunch of junk in his front yard, you know. And, what kind uh, of junk? What kind of stuff? There's like a wheelbarrow, a washing machine, uh, an old TV you know, so he's like kind of country. Thing. He living in the country. It's like or he these. just he just won a bunch of things on Prices Right, but he couldn't fit them in his house. <laughs> so they just got rain damage. Ben Affleck comes up to his door, knock, knock, knock. He's carpooling him to work with Casey Affleck. They're like the friends. They hang out. They go to bars together. They go to batting cages together. They get in fights together. Like they actually jump some people on the side of the road for no reason. Like like, like Fight Club. Yeah, even just though he's for like, funsies, just for just for the giggles. It's Southie. That's the Boston That's thing, apparently. Do. That's what you do. So at night, Will Hunting works at MIT as a janitor, and there's this professor there who's like arrogant, Professor Lambeau, and he's like wearing scarves and being arrogant. You know. Is that how it's said? Is that his how his name is said? Yes, yeah, Professor. Lambeau he's oh he won the prize oh and he's like I have the hardest math problem none of you could probably solve it and he puts it on the board there yes <laughs> at, at MIT and then at night janitor Matt Damon solves it without telling anybody and then in the morning everyone's like who did it people are crowding around and no one will come forward so Professor Lambeau's like I put an even harder math problem up there show off and then Matt Matt Damon starts solving it and he's like aha I caught him and he runs off he goes to court because he's been beating up too many people. They're like, you stole a car. You've been beating people up. There's a $50,000 bail for you. This Professor Lambeau catches up with him and says, hey, 
you're that genius who's solving my math problems. I'm going to pay your bail under the conditions that you work for me, solving all my hard math problems, and you have to see a therapist. <laughs> What, what, a, what about the math problem money? So there is money in just solving math problems on chalkboards? Apparently, I don't understand how there is. Uh, maybe it has to do with like how to get the maximum amount of wool off a sheep or something. It applies to like real industry. I, I don't maybe understand. Maybe like an how. underdog janitor who's a genius who has a secret gift of solving math problems. That's right. But so, he's probably emotionally stupid and he needs to go to a therapist to get his head right, right? He, well, That's right. Yeah, so it's like he's beating people up, but he's actually this talented genius. And if only he can pull it together so he can win. Okay, he's, okay. He's, this is exactly what Ben Affleck keeps talking to him about in the movie. He's like, all I want to do is knock okay. on your door one morning and find that you're not there. You went off and you did something smart. You know, they, you have to do the accent, of course. The Boston accent. Right. So then the therapist, he's like, I got the best therapist and it's Robin Williams. Robin Williams walks in right away. Matt Damon is like messing with him. He's like, how much do you lift, man? Did you marry the world? Did your wife cheat on you? He's like messing with him immediately. Robin Williams grabs Matt Damon by the throat and pins him <gasps> to the wall. And he's like, you talk about my wife again. I'll end you, buddy. Oh, and Matt Damon like is like, oh, I respect you now. All right. Damn. <laughs> yeah. He had to assert that dominance. He's like, don't try me. He That's just right. like peed on him and he was like, yeah, that works. Yeah. yeah. So many laws are broken there. Just saying. Later on, he goes to a bar and meets a smart British bride who goes to Harvard. There's a guy that starts trying to hit on her, hitting on the hot British girl. And he's like, hey, Matt Damon, do you know about the evolution of the colony economy back in the 1920s? And, he's, and Matt Damon immediately is like, oh, of course I know about that. Next year, you're going to say you've been reading Tennyson and then you're going to come off and talk about the discombobulation of the current population. And everyone's just like, oh, shit, you just got shot down by Mark Damon. By Matt, that, Matt Damon, Matt, I called him Mark that's Damon. Such a, that is basically an into intellectual smackdown yeah. so the girl likes matt matt damon and gives him the number and then later on matt damon's walking by a restaurant and sees that arrogant guy from earlier he was trying to hit on her and he goes hey do you like apples and the guy's like yeah and he puts the number on the window and goes i got her number how do you like them apples oh that's where it comes from. I never knew that. I never knew. That. Then uh, there's a montage of them falling in love. And then one day she's like, I'm going to go to California to go to Stanford. And he like snaps. He has abandonment issues that flare up. He punches the wall next to her. Kind of just like ruins the relationship, right? Sabotages it. And he's talking. Mm, I can understand that. And then he goes to his therapist. He goes to see Robin Williams again. Uh, this is the other famous scene of the movie where he says, you can let people get close to you. You can't keep pushing everyone away. You can open up your life and chase this girl in California. It's not your fault that you were abused as a child. I was abused as a child too. And he keeps saying, it's not your fault. And Matt Damon's like, don't mess with me, man. Oh, like, yeah. Not your fault. It's like, not you, man. It's not your fault. And then he just starts sobbing. They like wrestle. and then... Okay. So that scene has been like made fun of so much because I, yeah. I did not know it was from Goodwill Hunting. And at the very last scene, Ben Affleck comes up to his door, knock, 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 and he doesn't answer the door. And then Ben Affleck smiles and it's like, he went off to go to California, chase after that girl and make something of himself <gasps> and roll credits over Matt Damon driving to California. Oh, Damon, you did it, man. It's not your fault. Apple. no. Apples, janitors, and meth. Sounded like he, okay, so he was beating people up and <laughs> yes. had to go to therapy. But he was really good at math, and yep. he had a good friend that believed in him. Mm -hmm. And some girl 
that he had, but he sabotaged the relationship. And then his therapist had to choke him out. Somebody was trying to give him an apple or set some apple. <laughs> <laughs> he went off to go get the girl that he sabotaged and his friend was just back there like, yeah. That's exactly right. Well, I'm gonna describe it in one sentence. Lots of chalk used by unwasted talent that is emotionally tortured. Yes. That sums up Goodwill Hunting in one sentence. What was that, six words? Six, the six word breakdown of Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> now, we're moving on. Raven, what do you have for us? I rewatched the other guys and I was like, man, I still love Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Listen, I, okay, so I knew that he was like slightly problematic when I was a teenager, but I was like, dang, I love Mar Mark Wahlberg. What is the stuff that he did? Oh, I'll quickly tell you about this and then I'll get to the movie. I guess he was growing up in this like tough neighborhood in, in Boston. He developed a cocaine habit at 13. So All right. back when he was 15 in 1986, he, he and his friends chased a bunch of young black kids and threw rocks at them and may have threatened to kill, kill will kill you racial slur. Um, you know, and then the very next day, they did it again. They yes. uh, extreme. And the fact that you did it again the next day is wild to me. Just like, just like Goodwill, he was out there whooping tail. He was out there, <laughs> he was fighting people for real. So in 1988, he beat up this Vietnamese man in the street. Then later on that day, he beat up another Vietnamese man. What? And like, what? it's absurd. Like he was so, like you were clearly, they also said he was high on PCP. Mm. Oh, I got it. I got it. When he was on PCP, he probably thought that those Vietnamese people were black. <laughs> <laughs> it is wild. So then, fast forward, uh, he beat his neighbor up and broke his jaw and did some other crazy stuff. But, you know, I feel problematic. He's problematic. I feel problematic because despite that, I watched the whole, you know, he was in Calvin Klein ad. He was looking great. <laughs> they did a little summary of all his little movies. And I was like, God, he's beautiful. He's a great actor. I feel, I don't, you know, maybe people can change. I don't know. He is definitely a complicated heartthrob. Yeah, it's, anyway, okay, so. The movie, The Other Guys, it's like a buddy cop comedy. You know, kind of like opens with these two star cops, which are Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock. You know, they're like superheroes, basically. They're so respected and they're just doing, you know, all of the like the action-y shots and all of this stuff. The two main, the two superstar char characters wind up doing this, they're, they're chasing this, sus this suspect and then they're on the top of this building that's like several stories, like an excessive amount of stories up. It's so funny the way that they set it up because they're just like, yeah, the moment is coming to this, we're gonna do it. Yeah, we're like, they're like, you know, they're talking to each other, they're pumping each other up and they like, the song that is playing as they're going down is like, there goes my hero. And it's like, they're flying in slow motion as they fall down and you can see the person they're chasing running, but then it's very clear that they missed and it's just like. <laughs> they just hit the ground and like, die. They died, yeah. <laughs> I was back. That's the end of the movie? They just jumped off the building and died? No, that's the beginning of the movie. <laughs> So it's about these two cops. No one respects them. 
Will Ferrell plays this guy named Alan. He's like kind of like an uptight by the book, like, you know, sanitizing his hands at the desk, talking about auditing his parents when he was little, uh, 11. Um, <laughs> you know, he's just like a desk cop. Like no one respects him to be in the field doing anything. Sounds and like then, Dwight from The Office. You know, I would say yes and kind of no. Like he does have that nerdy vibe, but I'll get to why it's a little different yeah. uh, in a second. Uh, Mark Wahlberg plays this cop who I guess previously he was like respected cop but I guess he was doing patrol at a baseball game there in New York and he winds up shooting Derek Jeter so (laughs) (laughs) of course everyone in New York hates you because you've shot Derek Jeter everybody in the force hates you so he got like downgraded you know as well so basically they get put on some piddly little thing to do so they go um, investigate this random scaffolding permit violation, but they wind up uncovering like a larger scheme that might be going on around this guy. So they arrest him and they have him in their vehicle. And mind you, like, this is just like packed with shenanigans. Like it's a buddy cop thing. So they're bickering and they're like trying to learn about each other. Mark Wahlberg's character finds out that Will Ferrell's character used to be like a pimp. He's describing to Mark's character that, you know, yeah, I had this girl and she needed protection. And as the story starts unfolding, he's like, that's a pimp. And he's like, no, that's not a pimp. And then he just just keeps getting more escalated talking about his like stable and his harem. So that's why he's not like Dwight. It's because he's a pimp. He has like all of these other things going on. So they arrest this billionaire. And as they're driving away with him, this other vehicle rams right into them. And these like guys get out, rob them, like take their shoes, take their weapons and take the millionaire out of the car. The millionaire is like, don't let them take me and blah, blah, blah. So they take their shoes and all this stuff and they walk back to the police station and they show that their shoes, like their socks are all worn down. And basically they're, they're getting there and they're like, this big thing happened. You guys are never going to believe it. And everybody's like, not caring. No one is caring. No one like respects them. You know, the captain treats them like crap too. You know, like no one, no one likes them. They all but they're like, they're, yeah, they're like determined to not give up. They know something is go- make bigger than a scaffolding violation is going on. Right. So that's when they go back to Will Ferrell's place for dinner. He he invites him to go back there. He insinuates that his wife is like this homely lady. She's a big old gal, but blah, blah, blah. You go back there and it's Eva Mendez. And Mark Mark Wahlberg is like, who is that? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, I'm because she, first of all, she's a doctor. She comes in with this like low cut, like looking great, right? Instantly, Mark's character, he's like, like in love. Like he's like, who is that? And I, you know, my old lady. And he was like, no, seriously. <laughs> who is that? <laughs> what? And then he goes, then he goes, um, why are you with him? I mean, sorry, um, how did you guys meet? <laughs> <laughs> At some point, Will Farrell like went off on his wife. He was kind of being snappy with her and she was trying to console him. And she sang him this song about pimps don't cry. <laughs> kind of like soothed him a little bit. But then she told him he was pregnant. She was pregnant. And he went off on her. But then they were trying to like, they were all, all in danger. So he told her she needed to go into hiding. And they were trying to sneak back and forth and communicate through her mom. And they were saying all of these ex- explicit things, but sending the message through the mom. 
And she, and he was like, what did she say? And the mom was like, she says that she, uh, she wants to walk funny for a week because you guys did it so hard. And it's like this old lady with the walker. And she's like, I don't feel comfortable saying this. And they just keep sending her back and forth. Uh, the movie is ridiculous. So, so it's just funny because they play it up like Will's character is this kind of like nerdy, geeky guy. And he turns out to be this pimp with this gorgeous wife that he treats like crap. And all the women, like a running theme throughout the movie is that all these hot, hot women who they run into always go for him and not Mark Wahlberg's character. (laughs) They're going around looking for this, you know, trying to solve this case. They ultimately wind up getting told that they're they're off the case. Mark Wahlberg's character uh, gets put on traffic duty, but Will's character never gives up. He's he's like I'm pressing on, and he goes and starts to try to interview people and figure out what happened on a given day. At some point, he decides that he has enough evidence, so he goes to Mark's house and attacks him in the. I, I don't know why he didn't just call him or just show up and knock on the door, <laughs> but like. He literally just, so Mark Wahlberg's character like is like choke holding him and they got him on the ground and they're like, he's like, tap out. No, you tap out, no, tap out. (laughs) um, So they're like, he's like, I got enough evidence. And somehow they wind up at this investment meeting that the investor or that the billionaire guy is at. And it turns out that they're trying to steal from the NYPD's pension fund. That's really ruthless. They even have this moment earlier where one of the other cops in their office who's like a desk guy came up to them telling them, hey, do you want more information about the NYPD pension fund? And like Mark Wahlberg's character yelled at him and told him to go away and was like, nobody likes you, Barry. No, what are you talking about? Like, just like verbally, like Mark, Mark Wahlberg verbally assaulted basically every single person in this movie at some point. <laughs> That's what he's good at, apparently. It, it, it <laughs> They drive to the bank the next morning to try to stop the wire transfer, the bad guys, all the other criminals that the billionaire guy was running from. Action. It's just pure action. And you know what? Ultimately, they arrest the billionaire for embezzlement. They arrest, you know, all them other people for murder. But the arrest of that billionaire guy leads to the stock market crash. So that wasn't good. Ultimately, they wound up being the heroes. The, the other guys saved the day. Meanwhile, you know, Ice-T is narrating it all, you know, really making you feel like a nice message is being hammered home. So what do you guys think? If I were to summarize it in a sentence, I'd say, imagine Dwight, but he's a pimp and he has a gun and he hangs out with Mark Wahlberg and that's the other guys. I mean, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um... I would say two slighted cops go from being bullied to being the bullies. Well, I don't know if they bullied anyone, though. Oh, okay. I thought you said that that he was like, shut up, Gary, or whatever he said. (laughs) Oh, well, they don't make them seem like they bullies. Mark Wahlberg is extremely aggressive, and Will Ferrell's character is a reformed pimp. That's true. I should have brought the pimp into it. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> from bully, from the bully to the pimping. <laughs> the other guys. So I'm going to talk about the skulls yeah. with triple heartthrobs, Joshua Jackson, Paul Walker, and Hill Harper. 
Joshua Jackson as Luke McNamara, who is the main character of this movie. It opens up at a university. All you see is wise and lots of pretentious people wearing sweaters. You immediately think, okay, this is Yale. And Luke McNamara is very, very smart, and that's how he got into that school. Luke is also very good at crew, rowing, crew, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, the crew, the crew motion, yeah. So he's badass at crew, right? And he is really, really good at crew, even though his muscles are very small and it's unrealistic. So all of these like people want him to join their fraternities, and he says no. Luke McNamara, which is Joshua Jackson, is very wanted also in fraternities, but there are a lot of secret societies, but he has turned them all down. Okay, quick question. Why has he been turning them down? Did they say at this point? He is, he's nervous about the secret societies and what's going to happen in them and what they do and what he has to do. He just don't trust them. He doesn't trust him, which is probably good, and they should have ended the movie there. <laughs> but However, what fun is that? <laughs> I, exactly. He also wants to be a lawyer. So he really, really wants to be a lawyer. He wants to go to law school. He's always looking up how much law school costs and the increases and things like that. And the schools will pay for law school. The schools call him. They say, are you ready to be reborn? Mm. Ominous. Payphone, 60 seconds. He gets out of the building goes on his bike, hits the payphone, and they're like, inside the building, 10 seconds, ditch the bike. So he goes in there, and then there's a cup, and it says, drink it with the skull on the bottom. Uh. Yeah, it's clear, but we don't know what it is. And he's like, oh, man, I got to do this. It's crazy, right? So then he drinks it, and he ends up inside of a coffin, and then he gets out of the coffin and there's all these people around him in coffins and also in water so it's like a bunch of really weird coffin lily pads (laughs) (laughs) yes then pops out of one of the coffins you guessed it paul walker aka caleb mandrake his dad is the head of the skulls so he basically automatically gets in it doesn't matter but he's super stoked he's like yeah this is gonna be great I love this. Let's be buds. So they become buds and they say your first task is to steal the snake from the other secret society's building. Is the snake like a, a some kind of statue? It is. It's it's like a weather what are those called? Weather oh, vane? Yes, yeah. it is a snake weather vane. That's what it looks like. They have to climb the building and they get the snake and then they fall down into the water. Nobody else could do it, just them. So they did it. And it was great, and everyone loved him, and they got in. So they got into the Skulls. Luke starts to become friends with the senator dude who is also in the Skulls. So all these people are in the Skulls. Like, when they join the Skulls and you get in, you have to get a skull mark on your wrist burned into you, and then they give you this really fancy watch to put right over it. Mm, They brand them. Yes, they do. And he's like, hey, girl that I've had a crush on forever that – is really out of my league and you know Chloe will you go out with me finally so he goes checks his balance and it's over twenty thousand dollars in there oh he balling now since he joined the skulls and he was like oh my gosh this is so great so it's so great for Chloe who then gets to go to on his lavish dates and stuff 
She doesn't like that he's not being totally truthful because it's like Fight Club. You don't talk about the skulls. <laughs> but enter third hot heartthrob, Hill Harper, is Will. He is his best friend. He is the guy on the crew team that calls out the crew stuff. That's like, yeah, pump it, seven, six, yeah, you're doing great, push it out, ah, you know? It's like he's trying to have, he's talking to somebody through having a baby or something. And he doesn't even have to row. It's like, Hill Harper is Will. So Will is his best friend, Luke McNamara's best friend. I am forthgoing going to refer to Joshua Jackson as Luke and Paul Walker as Caleb so that there's no confusion and I'm going back and forth with names. Got it. Will and Luke are total best buds. And he's like, I don't want you to be a part of that society. It's nothing good's going to come out of that. <laughs> but Will is getting really mad. And he's like, dude, we used to be buds. You used to talk to me about everything. And now you don't say anything. And you're so secretive. So what Will actually is doing is looking into the skulls. He works for the school newspaper. And he's looking into the skulls. That's not good. It's supposed to be a secret society. When you join the skulls, you get a book which has the bylaws of the skulls and they say guard it with your life and you get a key that gets into this weird building that uh, it looks like a cathedral when you walk in and that's where they do all their weird stuff and will is super interested in the bylaws and wants to get his hands on a key and a book and all this stuff so Caleb is kind of dumb. Like, let's be real. I mean, he's a little bit dumb. He's cute though. And he's kind of, he's nice. You know, he's a nice guy. Will breaks into his car. He breaks into Caleb's car and steals the bylaws in his key. He's freaking out. He's like, oh my God. And he, of course he calls Luke right away. Cause that's his bud. And he's like, yo, I need your key. I need your key. And goes in there and something real bad happens. Caleb chased him up the stairs of this weird cathedral thing and then he and Will was trying to fight him off and then he fell oh. and then he broke his neck and he and he died oh he did die <laughs> like dang he died <laughs> we got so many relations in all of our films people falling Correct. off of buildings and dying falling off of things and dying okay Correct. so basically then it starts getting real for Luke he's like that was my best friend what happened and he's questioning uh, Caleb because he knows he's in there. And at this time, they do an exercise where they have the two guys who they call soulmates. Every person in schools has one soulmate who is a guy who they're supposed to like be one with. They're the same person. Okay. Okay. They drop them into this cage. It's sort of like a sexy cage, like someone would dance in maybe. Oh, a go-go dance cage? Yeah, and they drop the two soulmates in it and they're allowed to ask each other anything. Joshua Jackson says, what's the worst thing you've ever done? And he's like, I had an affair with my mom's sister. <laughs> Your aunt? It's yeah. very weird, yeah, it's super weird. And he says, no, really? what is the worst thing you've ever done? What happened to Will? And he starts freaking out. He's getting super mad. And he's like, what did you do to him? And he said, it was an accident. And then he explains the whole thing and what happened. Luke is kind of, this is crazy. He doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. He's, he's like, I'm done. They killed Will. He doesn't know what to do. He knows that they're watching him. He's like, the only way that I can figure this out is if I get the tape because everything is recorded in the school's building all the time. Every single minute is recording. He goes and he steals the tape and then they watched the tape before they took it to the cops. 
And what they found out was that Will was not dead when he hit the ground. Whoa. He was still alive and he was moving. So Caleb is trying to be like, maybe we could save this guy. And he's talking to his dad and his dad says, no, we'll take care of it. And Caleb ran out of there because his dad told him he had to leave. He said he wanted to call the cops. He wanted to call 911. Caleb had left. And then the provost of the college went over to him and said, we need to take care of this because he's alive and we can't have this. So the provost snaps his neck. Holy, they didn't just let him die. They, they forced it. Wow. And then they hung him from his own apartment building to make it look like he killed himself. Oh, dang. Poor but guy. even though if you have a giant wound on the back of your head and you hang yourself, that's impossible. Like, what do you do? Knock yourself out while you're hanging there? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get yourself back down. You beat that big hole yeah. in the back of your head. Luke brings the tape to the detective and the detective's like, oh, okay, well, let's go look at this in the room. Figure, let me figure out how to, how to run this. And they watch it and there's nothing on it. It's just snow. Mm-hmm. The detective switched the tapes, right? Uh-huh. And Joshua Jackson is like, oh my God, what, what, did you, what did you do? What do they have on you? How are you involved? He's like, they're everywhere. They're, you know, he's freaking out. And they say, okay, well, you need to go to a, our mental hospital. It's not a mental hospital. It's the mental hospital that the schools send people when they- Specifically to. Yes. During this time, Luke's bay, they had a fake breakup in public so that she could help him and they could figure out a, a way to get rid of the skulls mm-hmm. and get justice for Will. Yeah. Joshua Jackson is at this place where he doesn't know where he is. He's just really, he has a lot of medicine in him. He's in a wheelchair. He's just super catatonic. He just can't do anything. He's just sitting there. They have to rule him. He can't even rule himself. They get him out of here and it's all because of the senator. The senator says, I'm gonna help you. And he gets him out of there and he gets his bay out of there and says, go to a hotel. But really the senator was setting them up. So he set them in a car and then people started ramming the car. Oh man. We got more, we got car ramming. (laughs) So much car ramming. And then eventually the provost and Caleb's dad came out of the cars when they both crashed and they went to shoot Luke and his baby, Chloe. That's the baby. Before he could do that, he cocks the gun, you know, (laughs) just that's if it was done like six times, but goes to shoot Luke. Who's behind him? The detective. He shoots the provost four times. Luke is so confused. He's like, man, I don't know where I am. I'm on so many drugs and this guy wanted to help me. And the detective tells Joshua Jackson that he knows what he has to do in order to make this right. The only way to break up the skulls is to have a duel. Like a duel where you both take 10 paces and shoot yes. guns? Amongst whom? There's a duel between Luke and Caleb to settle differences and figure out who will stay in the skulls and who will leave. But he he's hoping that Caleb will come to his senses because they're really good friends in the beginning. So he's just hoping that there's some decency left in him. And the two of them go into a duel, 10 paces, one pace, two pace, three pace, three, all the way up to 10 paces. They turn around and Luke drops his gun on the ground. He says, just say it, just say what happened. Just tell everybody, just say what happened. And he says, 
nothing because he starts crying. Caleb starts crying and his dad says, shoot him, shoot him, you idiot, shoot him. So Caleb's dad goes in to shoot Luke and then Caleb is like, oh no, you're not going to do that. So he shoots his dad. Mm, twist. Caleb shot and his dad. He was a terrible human being to be fair. And he was just shot in his shoulder. So apparently for pistols from the 1940s, they have impeccably good aim, I guess. So he <laughs> exactly where to hit in the shoulder. So he didn't kill him. Okay. He did not kill him. No, he is alive. So the senator talks to Luke as he's leaving and he says, now we can run the skulls the way we run around the skulls. He said, you were just using me to get control of the skulls. I'm out of here, man. And the senator says, you can't go. You can't leave. You can't leave the skulls. You're always a skull. You're not going to be able to live with yourself looking over your shoulder because somebody's going to be looking for you and you're going to have so many doubts about your wife and your family and just remember that and I dare you to live with those doubts. And he says, watch me. <laughs> then he walks away and he gets into his crew boat and cruise to the lighthouse where Bebe is there standing and they kiss and then the movie is over. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, I hate that. <laughs> that hate badass that Hollywood ending says the one-liner and then just the crewing off. <laughs> cool crewing off in the sunset it was beautiful. It was it was beautiful. Crew out of here. Crew out. It was extremely confusing, but also good. And apparently, there's a second one that I may have to read. And a third one. What there is? Why? Oh came out in 2004. I watched a trailer for the second one and the second one was just like the same exact thing except a girl dies this time. It's like the skulls are so great. I love it. I'm so so fantastic. I'm gonna get cars and money and then all of a sudden this girl dies and he figures out it's not good and then he tries to get out and then he gets threatened. So it's literally the same plot. Okay describe that movie in one sentence. Don't join secret societies. You might end up in a coffin. Lily pad. <laughs> yes. It's so good. Yes, uh, long sought after crew star joins a secret society and almost gets framed for the murder of his best friend. Yes, nails it. I ask you guys this, would you join a secret society if they offered you money? No, no way. You'd be like, I don't trust that. No, whenever somebody gives you free money, that's not, nothing's good with that. What about you, Chris? <laughs> if it was a lot of money, sure, I'll take it and I'll try and take it down from the inside. <laughs> Raven, thank you for being on the show. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Thanks for having me. Um, they started a Dirty John's um, YouTube. That's really a hilarious show. Uh, we just finished that Dirty John's web stream show a couple yeah. weeks ago. Exciting. Yeah, nice. It's nice to see you guys, even though I can't, I'm not with you guys. We are with each other in spirit, through video, and through very <laughs> sensual audio. <laughs> we really hope you enjoyed our heartthrobs episode. I think we have some <laughs> themes. There was some, there's plenty of violence, you know, in this thing. We had, we had car chases and car rammings, and we had... Sounds like a lot of aggression. People, people were working through some things. Mm -hmm. they, really, they really were. They really you know, were. Beautiful people have problems too. <laughs> Join us next time while our theme will be either 
movies that we hate or movies that we think are super underrated. On our Facebook page, Shortcuts Podcast, you will find a poll of which theme you want us to do, underrated movies or movies that we hate slash overrated movies. Let us know. I'm going to hop on that thing, cast my vote.